everybody, it's Allie, and welcome to our YNR chat for Sunday, March 3rd, 2019. I have to ask you, YNR chatters, are you sure that we're putting enough emphasis on how Faith must be feeling about all of this trial and tribulation in her family. Mommy and Grandma and Aunt Victoria are on trial for murder. If this child keeps a journal, which I'm sure she does, <laughs> then it should surely be turned into a movie. Same for Reed. Mommy and Grandma are on trial for murdering my dad. It is a Hallmark movie waiting to happen. <laughs> well... I certainly am enjoying the big, brilliant dose of Michael Baldwin that we are getting right now. You know I'm lapping that up. And is it me or is Brittany Hodges the breakout star of this trial? I think she's excellent. I love her delivery. She seems very serious and believable and probably because she also is a real life attorney. She is giving credence to the beats of the drama in the courtroom. It just, I love her right now. And I almost forgot how staunch Christine can be. It's been a while since we've seen her in her full legal eagle mode, and it has been pretty enjoyable, I'd say. I did <laughs> absolutely lose my mind when Victor stood up <laughs> right in the middle of Christine's opening argument. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I'm Victor Newman. I built this courtroom from the ground up. Oh, no, wait, I am sorry. I didn't build this courtroom from the ground up. I got confused. I built this town from the ground up. But the point is, I'm Victor Newman. Thank you, Your Honor. I rest my case. <laughs> it was very that. In fact, Victor got himself so worked up that he got himself banned from the trial. Eric Braden must have had a dentist appointment or something. <laughs> they had to work him out for the remaining parts of the trial. He showed up, but then he, he probably had to go get a teeth cleaning or something. Um, Mariah's testimony was probably the most interesting thing at the end of the week. She gets called to the stand, and truly, Mariah is stuck in between a rock and a hard place right now. The rock is named Sharon, and the hard place is named Tessa, and I don't really know what Mariah's gonna do. Christine plays her that surveillance video which shows the Margarita crew dragging JT's body into the trunk of their car and Christine forces Mariah to admit that she has seen it before. 
While Michael, who is not representing Sharon, by the way, Michael is only representing Nikki and Victoria, so Michael is going to do everything he can do to get his clients off. He starts laying into Mariah, grilling her about how she came to see that video, who it was that sent it to her. We all know that the answer is Tessa. Mariah knows that the answer is Tessa. Everyone else on trial knows that it's Tessa. I am half expecting Tessa to stand up and admit it. I don't know. Maybe that's not feasible. Or I don't know. Maybe Nikki and Victoria will just decide to bust Tessa out. I mean, what motive do they have for helping to cover up any role that she might have had in the whole thing? I think casting some blame onto Tessa would probably help their cases, which I'm sure is is what Michael is thinking. Honestly, I don't know if everyone else is getting dragged in and hauled off for this for for their part in the whole JT murder debacle, then I'm expecting that Tess is gonna get dragged into it too. Phyllis is public enemy number one, but I gotta admit, I'm really looking forward to seeing what she's going to do next. Last week, I asked you guys if you felt that Phyllis would be a savior to the Margarita crew or if she was just a straight-up snitch. The majority of you felt, 78%, that Phyllis is just a straight-up betrayer and Nick agreed with you. Um, Nick kicks Phyllis out of his life and out of his house. Maybe it's just the devil's advocate in me, but I felt a little sorry for her. Tears in her eyes, trying to understand why she doesn't have Nick's loyalty. Why can't you have a little faith in me? is what she said to him. And it's not the first time in the course of their relationship and in him finding out her involvement in all of this where she's questioned him about that. Why is it that your loyalty extends to your mom and Victoria and Sharon, but it doesn't extend to me? Um, I think there's plenty of good reasons that he has to kick her out and not trust her. She did make a deal to save herself and it makes her look bad. It makes her look self-serving. And I think that she is self-serving, but I also think Phyllis believes she is the savior. I think she's the, she thinks she's the one that's going to get him out of this mess. And Summer seems to believe her and support her also. It's good to have Summer supporting Phyllis right now because their relationship has had such down and dirty turmoil. It's nice to see them coming together now and maybe a part of Summer's redemption story will be the fact that she's trying to present Phyllis's perspective to Nick and to try to help save their relationship. I think from Phyllis's point of view, she did what she had to do to save herself, and I think next week she's going to continue to try to save the others.
everyone at Jabot is pouncing on Phyllis, especially Billy. I think that Billy has some valid concerns about Phyllis's ability to adequately run this major company in the midst of a very public scandal. But I also do think that Billy is taking out some of his frustration on Phyllis over what happened in their relationship and also over what is happening to Victoria right now. I think Phyllis is the convenient scapegoat for him for more than one reason. So the lines are drawn now between Team Abbott men And Team Phyllis, and caught right in the middle of it all, is Carrie. Carrie has already pledged her loyalty to Phyllis. Phyllis saw the war coming. She knew that Billy was going to do this and that he was going to try to rally troops. So Phyllis already talked to Carrie preemptively to make sure that she could count on her before the first shots were even fired. But now Billy is pressuring Jack to use Carrie as a go-between, to bring her over to Team Abbott, and even to try to get her to draw info out of Phyllis that they can use against Phyllis to get her out of the company. I think this is going to be a great way to find out what Carrie is really made of. And in some ways, I think it's going to be a good temperature check on seeing what Jack is really made of, too. Like, are we looking at a new and improved this century Jack Abbott? Or are we still looking at the same guy who is all too willing to use a woman to get what it is he wants? Lola's condition has become very dire. She needs a liver transplant, and neither of her brothers are a match. Mia's health condition (laughs) has taken her out of the running to be a donor. I thought for sure that... Kyle would end up being the match. He wasn't, but he put out this big nationwide search on GC Buzz to solicit donors to try to get someone who would be a match for Lola. And it was a gesture that ended up turning Arturo's attitude around on him. Early in the week, Kyle had to dress up like a doctor to sneak in to Lola's hospital room to even see her, to talk to her. And then by the end of the week, uh, Arturo was thanking him as people are flocking to get tested to see if they can donate to save Lola's life. So I thought that Kyle would be the donor, and that would be the thing that turned Arturo around. But what would be even better is if Summer turns out to be the perfect match for Lola's liver. Because then 
Summer can donate liver tissue and go through this surgery to save Kyle's love because of her love for Kyle. Oh, wouldn't that be beautiful? I think that's a, a, a nice little story there. And then Kyle would be further torn between the love that he almost lost and the love that he tried to throw away. Oh, that could get interesting. Who do you want to see Kyle with, YNR Chatters? That's our poll question of the week. Would you rather see Kyle with Summer or Lola? We've had enough time to chemistry test both couples, and I want to know who it is that you want to see succeed here. Do you want to see him with Kyle, or do you want to see Kyle with Summer or Lola, if you had to pick? I know there's probably people who are uh, not wanting to see him with either of them, but let's Throw down the gauntlet and make you choose. YRChat.com is where you can cast your vote on that. And I'll read you the results on next week's YNR Chat. Ray recognizes that Mia is the owner of the earring that's at the center of Lola's assault case. And right as he's clicking on the cuffs to arrest her, Mia blurts out, you can't do this, Ray, I'm pregnant. Man! Ah! She didn't even miss a beat, did she? Lying must be like second nature to her. Or I don't know, maybe her self-preservation instinct just kicked in in that moment and she started pleading her case. You can't send the mother of your child to prison and you can't allow your child to be born behind bars. You know what happens to pregnant women in prison? They get strapped down while giving birth. Is that true? Can somebody tell me, is that true? I have no knowledge of how that even works if you're pregnant in prison, but that can't be true. Like, strapped down like an animal? That's so horrible. And Arliss, listen, oh my goodness. She knew which buttons to push. Good for Ray, though. He didn't believe her right away. He's hip to her manipulations at this point. <laughs> at this point, he takes Mia to prove it. He wants her to prove that she is actually pregnant. He doesn't just take her word for it. He drags her down to the hospital for an update on Lola's condition. And Mia slips away down to, I guess, the OBGYN floor. And she makes friends with this pregnant woman, a very pregnant woman, who could use some extra money. And the next thing you know, Mia has a positive pregnancy test. I would really like to have heard Mia's pitch to this pregnant woman because I don't know how you can ask someone to pee for you. And I don't know that there's any amount of money that would have made me do that for some weird stranger. <laughs> oh, I wish they would have shown that. <laughs> Well, somehow, Mia manages to pull it off. She happily hands that positive pregnancy test over to Ray. It is a really cruel 
thing to do to Ray. This is a man who always wanted a child. He has said that even before any of this came up. And Mia knew that. Mia knew that a a problem in their relationship was always that he wanted children and she didn't. And so she took that information and then played on it to save herself from going to prison, to save herself from suffering the consequences of her own actions. And she's talking to Ray, really laying it on thick about how happy she is to become a mother, how she's actually looking forward to those 4 a.m. feedings. Please. I know it's bad, but it could also be good. We haven't really had a fake pregnancy in a while. So I'm intrigued by how Mia is going to try to pull this off. How far is she going to go? Well, since I've still been in the midst of my move, I didn't have a chance to pull a who said it quote last week, but I did pull one this week. So you can tell me if you know who said this. Spoiled, entitled, rich, above the law. Doesn't that seem like a good summary of this week? Spoiled, entitled, rich, above the law. I think they could probably just rename YNR. <laughs> spoiled, rich, uh, spoiled, entitled, rich, above the law. I, yeah, that'd be a good, good new title for the show. Well, if you think you know who said that line, you can go to yrchat.com to leave your guess. And if you get it right, then oh yes, I will give you your shout out on next week's YNR chat. Let's read a few of your comments. Now, these are just comments that I was able to quickly pull off the website. Um, I usually have comments coming from lots of different places, but these were just the easiest for me to copy and paste. So let's dig into these. Laura says, I'm done with the hospital bedside. I love you. Please wake up. Yeah, I, I, and I, I think you know what Laura. What Laura's saying is it's not just what's going on with Lola right now, but it's been done so many times over the years. And my thought on that too is that it's just been done so many times that you don't believe it anymore. Is it me, or is anyone else having trouble mustering up any real concern for Lola right now? I know that she's going to wake up. I know that she's not going to die. The only question is who's going to become her liver donor and how's it going to play out from there. So yeah, the the hospital bedside, I love you, please wake up. It's overplayed. And I also was arguing on the website that it almost does seem like this works better with characters who have been around for a while. We don't know Lola all that much. And I don't want to come down too hard on her because I like her. I liked her character, but I liked her a whole lot more before she became really naggy with Kyle. I think the character herself had a lot of really great potential, but it's just, it's almost like she's too new to get this much deathbed focus or something. It should be, you should have had to have been around at least a little while to get the full attention for the deathbed bedside. Please wake up. I love you. Sandra says, honestly, I'm thinking the whole Rosales family is going to be exiting the Genoa city scene. 
I wonder about that too. It's I, I love the Rosales family. I think it's the best thing that Mal Young has done. But Mal Young is almost on his way out. I checked Friday's episode. He is still credited on Friday's show. Uh, so it, it seems like at this point in our story, he is still the head honcho, still focusing on these Rosales families. But I, I also think that I've heard enough buzz uh, around from other YNR fans that don't like the Rosales family. So it is going to be a big question that's left up in the air as to whether or not YNR is going to choose to keep them around even after Mal Young has ended his run. Um, This is just one thing that I have to mention uh, that I didn't have another place for about Devon and Anna. Another YNR chatter, and I'm sorry, I can't remember who it was, mentioned maybe a month ago, but but I, I'm feeling this is especially true right now. Devon and Anna have some really great chemistry. It's almost too bad that they're related. I didn't originate this this idea because someone else said it like a month ago, but they're so fun together. They have a really good back and forth. And I hate to say it, hate to think it, but I almost wish that they could be potential boyfriend-girlfriend instead of <laughs> brother-sister. I know I'm bad. I'll put it out of my mind now, but I've just been enjoying seeing them together. I've been enjoying seeing Anna support him. I've been enjoying the way he razzes her. And yes, it is more in a sisterly way, but it would have been kind of fun to give Devon a new romance. They were talking a little bit about relationships this week. Anna was saying about how she mixed business and pleasure at one point. She's not about to do that again, even though she is with Fen later on down the road. And Devon is not really dating right now, but I think we could guess reasonably that he and Abby are probably going to hook up after whatever goes down between Abby and Arturo goes down. Because you know Arturo's little kissy kiss with Mia isn't going to just go away. That's got to circle back. All right, let's talk about this trial. Um, Gary wanted to weigh in about Christine saying, it's a horror show for Laura Lee Bell that her character is always placed in the identical buffoonish position of trying to triumph over the Newmans. Charlie Brown with the football. Ha, Cricket, you used to be such a saccharine, sweet, Pollyanna teen dream. Moved into the coveted position of Jabot teen model. Your biggest mistake clearly was ever having gotten out of the cosmetics business. That's a great comment, Gary, because I wasn't watching when Christine was was one of the teen scene members. Um, I think I... I came along right around the time that she was working at Legal Aid. So they they had her be a little teeny bopper on the show. I mean, of course, we know that she's the daughter of the creator um, uh, of the show. So I, they had her around at a young age being a cute teen, and then they transitioned her into being 
the person who was always fighting for the underdog and she was always an attorney. She did she did a little bit of a stint in corporate law, but then she transitioned into being this very staunch prosecutor, which is not a great position for a character because you can really only be one thing. It's similar to how Paul Williams got pigeonholed. You're always going to be pursuing these main characters. You're never really going to catch them. You're always going to be the buffoon. It's it's a little bit of a yeah, pigeonhole for for any character. But um it's good to know that a lot of people have enjoyed seeing Cricket back on the show. Diana says I love Cricket. I hope we see more of her. Christine is so fun to watch in the courtroom. I love seeing her in action. She has always been one of my favorites, still is. I hope she'll get a major storyline. I voted that we should see more of Christine on the poll. Uh, and she's a very believable character and her acting has been excellent. Yes, I think that Christine's excellent. She just, um, I think, I don't think she's been given a whole lot to work with in recent years. I wonder if Laura Lee Bell wants to be on the show. Or if she's kind of just enjoying coming on for a cameo here and there. I don't know. Well, <laughs> Laura says, after Phyllis's explosive and damning testimony, the first words out of Sharon's mouth were, did I hear that right? Phyllis and Nick broke up? Classic Sharon. <laughs> Let's take bets. How long will it be before Nick and Sharon are back together? I mean, maybe a month or two. <laughs> it's what Nick wanted all along. And Sharon is going to slowly realize that Ray screwed her over. And Nick was the one who was there trying to fight to save her. And they're going to fall back in love. I don't know if they're going to get married or not. But you know they are going to fall back in love. And that's probably when YNR will recast as a teen and build some story around that. Call it a prediction. Zuperplex says, Nikki should be the one facing the uphill battle. After all, she's the only one who actually wielded the murder weapon. Victoria and Sharon are at most only guilty of obstruction of justice. That is so true. This really was Nikki's murder trial. It was Nikki's confession. And yes, the other two were in on it, but they're lesser charges. It's a little bit funny even that they would be on triple trial together, that they wouldn't all have uh, their own separate trials. I know that that does happen sometimes. It saves the courts money to not have to try each person individually. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a Leap, I think, especially when with Nikki's confession. Hmm. I don't know. I guess probably looking for reality in these the soap courtroom is, is not the best place to look for it. But I think that's another reason why I really like seeing Brittany. I don't know what it is, but I think just knowing that the actress is also an attorney, it just makes the whole thing a little bit more believable for me anyway. Well, last week's poll, I asked you guys if Phyllis was a savior or a snitch. And Anna says, I think that Phyllis is a snitch, 
But wasn't Sharon the original snitch? Oh, that's a good point. Yes, Sharon was the one um, who who did ultimately let the secret spill. I was talking last week about Phyllis ending up being the weak link and how surprising that was. But then, yeah, you guys have made some good po- good points that it did end up being Sharon. Sharon was the one who spilled her secret to Ray due to her love of him, and he's the one that stabbed her in the back. Shakona says, I'm glad to see Summer finally being supportive of her mom. I just really like Summer, to be honest with everyone. I just, I think that the actress is really great. She's grown so much. I didn't like her before, and now I like her. I'm glad to see that the mother-daughter relationship has come full circle. I mean, that was one of my favorite stories of last year, that Summer would try to seduce her mother's boyfriend. It was just salacious. And now it's being brought back around. We're seeing these two not only reconcile, but reach a new level of support between them. I think it's great. And I wonder what Phyllis is going to say if indeed Summer is the one who's going to donate her liver to Lola. Oh, let's see. Well, T. Nicole asks the question that we all need to be asking right now. T. Nicole says, so do we think that Mia will get pregnant with Arturo's baby? Or try to steal someone else's? That's the question. Boom! You hit it. Mm, Well, mm, you hit the, the, those have got to be the only two options, right? What if she does try to seduce and get pregnant with Arturo's baby? Boy, you got to have some timing for that. You would have to, you'd have to know that you were ovulating and you would have to be able to seduce Arturo on that day. But that's always how it's been presented to us, right? That Mia could have Arturo anytime she wanted him. She said that to Abby at their Valentine's fight. So you may be right. Maybe that's exactly what she's going to do. Have Arturo any time she wants him. It just needs to be the right time. Or also, as you say, uh, could there be a baby stealing thing going on? I don't know who it would be. Someone else would have to pop up pregnant like now in order for that to happen. But I, I, that's why I feel a little bit interested to see how far it's going to go. I know it's played out, the fake pregnancy, but would she wear a fake pregnancy pad? Is she just going to, I mean, who knows? She could steal a baby from anywhere. Or is this going to be one of those storylines that fizzles out really quickly and gets found out? Because, um, yeah, sometimes it's like you would think – that in the past, a decade ago, YNR would have stretched out a fake baby storyline for the full nine, ten months. And the pacing of the show is just so much different now. We could definitely uh, have uh, uh, that all of this found out next week and it never really ends up playing out. I don't know. Leslie says, I feel like Mia is going to become involved with Carrie's frozen egg somehow. Maybe Jack will agree to fertilize the egg after Carrie helps bring down Phyllis and Mia arranges to replace her at the implantation. Oh my goodness. Well, I think though, one thing one thing I would say about that theory is that why wouldn't Jack just <laughs> impregnate Carrie the old 
old-fashioned way. But you got that is the only you've hit on something important, Leslie, because that's the only hint or talk of anything baby-related that we've had for a really long time that might possibly be able to connect into Mia's fake pres, uh, pregnancy. But yeah, I mean, maybe. Soapy Llama says, how does Mia have that kind of cash on hand? I thought her and Ray were poor, which is ridiculous. Ray's a lead detective and Mia does makeup for the richest women in town. Agreed. I was thinking the same thing when Mia walked up to the late, up to the pregnant lady and said, how would you like to have some extra money? I thought, wait a minute. You've been saying all this time about how you don't have any extra money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Julie says, Allie, I really liked your comment about Arturo becoming quickly incensed. His passion reminds me of a younger Victor. Wouldn't it be cool if Arturo marries Abby, then uses her money to build a financial and family dynasty that rules with an iron fist? Abby would then be the first lady like Nikki. Oh, that's such an interesting comment, Julie, because that is the trajectory that Victor had. He used his ex-wife's fortune, didn't he? Wasn't Julia rich? And he did use her money to, to help build his empire? That's right, isn't it? Hmm, maybe Victor's not as self-made as he likes to claim. But yeah, I, I, I like that idea. I really like the Rosales family. I think I, I think I quite like Ray a little more than Arturo. There's just something a little more dynamic about maybe the actor, maybe the character. I'm not exactly sure, but uh, I like them both. Uh, and I want to keep them around. Leslie also says, is... Melissa Ordway, the actress who plays Abby, wearing her hair gray? This is a good question because gray is an en vogue hair color right now. You see a lot of younger women actually dyeing their hair gray. And I agree, Abby's hair color has shifted in that direction. I wonder if it is gray or if it's just the way it's showing on the camera. Because because Eileen Davidson had this hair color too, where it's just, it is almost silvery. It's like almost so blonde that it's silver. You know what I'm saying? I think that's a, that's an interesting observation, Leslie. I don't know. But hey, on that note, and on a final note here, Eileen Davidson is coming back to YNR. We're getting Ashley back. And cherry on top of that cake, Doug Davidson. Paul is coming back too. This is fantastic. I mean, I have really, I was so sad when Ashley left the show, I felt like she was a pillar of the show, a pillar of the Abbott family. She belongs on YNR. And Doug Davidson, it was just so sad. I think that, you know, YNR bringing both of them back is such a good sign. I We, we were just talking about uh, Paul's character, for instance, having been pigeonholed by being the, uh, the you know, the lead detective, the, the, the chief of police is his job title. And Christine is much the same way. Uh, you just can't get anywhere. You can't convict the main characters. It's not, it doesn't facilitate the story. So I wonder if YNR will 
will bring Paul back and maybe have him be retired. This is an idea that we kicked around months and months ago when Doug Davidson announced that he didn't get his contract renewed. We were talking about ways that maybe YNR could bring him back in a different, more usable, more realistic capacity. I mean, he could be retired. He could have chosen a whole other path for himself. Uh, And that's what I'd like to see. I wonder if there's any chance that rather than just trotting Christine out for the latest trial, maybe they will work on creating a actual storyline for these two. Let them be one of our legacy couples, legacy character couples that uh, that we could watch and and actually dig our sink our teeth into where they can go. Um, and uh, and and yeah, Ashley. It, it never make any sense to me uh, that Ashley would not be present at her own daughter's wedding. Early in the week, Jack was comforting Abby, uh, offering to basically be the mother of the bride. And I thought to myself, "Mm, it doesn't make any sense that Ashley would not be there. There is no amount of feud that's going on between her and Jack that would keep her away from her own daughter's wedding. So I don't know what the time frame is for when she's supposed to be coming back to the show, but maybe it could possibly be tied in with Abby's wedding. You never know. Maybe she'll show up as a surprise at the end of the altar. Okay, everybody, I know that this YNR chat is a little bit shorter than usual. It's, it's actually more the length that it was in the beginning of YNR chat. But yeah, I, I know I'm, I'm going a little short, but let me tell you, I'm making progress on the house. I, when I, I, I bought the house from an older, uh, elderly uh, couple. And I think one of them was maybe disabled. And I think that as they got older, it became difficult for them to clean things. And I am not a clean freak, but I cannot live in somebody else's grime. So I have literally spent the first two weeks on my hands and knees scrubbing this floor, scrubbing the walls. It, I used like three quarters of a can of cleaner just trying to get the grease off the, the outside of the oven. It's just, I, I, I bought it as is, so there was no negotiating on the cleaning tasks. I just had to white knuckle my way through just getting it clean to the point where I feel like I can live here. <laughs> And now, just now, yesterday was the first time I even opened a box and started unpacking things. Every single freaking cabinet in this house, and I have a whole kitchen full of cabinets, had sticky stuff in it. Every single drawer, open it up, sticky stuff. I'm starting to believe these people were molasses farmers. I don't know what it was. Sticky stuff in every single drawer, every single cabinet. I had to clean out all all of these wood cabinets just to be able to put my silverware, to feel comfortable putting my silverware and my glasses and stuff in them. So it's been a chore. It really has. It's it's kind of taken away a little bit of the the joy of just being able to relax in the home. And instead, I'm just having to like, ugh, ugh, clean. (laughs) But... 
I'm making progress, um, and that's my excuse on why why our chat is a little bit short this week because I've been kind of multitasking and you know watching and listening to the show and 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 just uh, I probably didn't take as much time to prep as I usually do, but little by little I'm getting there. I promise I'll be back next week. And, and hey, I was able to at least get some comments going this week. So I'm moving in the right direction. I might be like fully back in the right direction by next week if I try really hard. <laughs> okay, everybody. I love you so much. I have you. hope you have a wonderful week. And I'll see you next Sunday. Bye.